I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello and welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Courtney and as always, sitting next to me is my husband, Matt. Hello. And today we're going to be answering a very, very commonly asked question which is, why should I lift weights? Yes. So there is a stere- well, there are a number of stereotypes uh, out there when it comes to weight training, looking at, you know, how does it work? What's it good for? Who's it good for? How do I do it? And I guess you could say it has, weight training, even though it has become more commonly accepted, there is still a, a relatively misunderstood viewpoint out there and once you've uh, gotten past the misunderstood viewpoint you then have the issue where well it's easy to to approach weights in a, a, a less than ideal way which can blunt the effectiveness of it so the easiest and first and biggest stereotype when it comes to weight training is that well they're for bodybuilders uh, isn't weight training for bodybuilders mm. Isn't weight training for the boys? Yes. Now, look, I don't want to get big and bulky. I'm not going to do the weights, said too many females. Yes, I was one of those females. There's also the stereotype that weight training... Well, look, it's not for people that want to lose weight. That's what cardio is for. Or there's the issue of, oh, well, look, weights... You do weights if you're a vain person, and I'm not a vain person. We're all vain. Yes. So we have we have various stereotypes related to the the application and the the purpose of that form of exercise. Then you you flip it or you take it to the next level when you do have you know people that are performing their their weight training in the gym. The sad truth is that most of us take what we would consider a haphazard approach to lifting weights in the gym that's the technical term the blunt term is most people just get it fucking wrong yeah <laughs> yes too soon no no that's fairly blunt yep so how do they take a haphazard approach well let's look at this the the randomness so hand put your hands up if you're guilty of this or have been guilty of this in the past because i know i have been you walk into the gym it's a monday night you know that you need to go to the gym. You know that you're due to go to the gym. You don't know what you're going to do at the gym. I'm going to do weights, but I have no idea what I'm going to do. So I'm going to walk in and it's Monday night. So all the guilty consciences from a bad weekend of binge eating and drinking are back in there trying to work it off in futile fashion. And all the machines are taken. All the, all the weight benches are taken. The squat racks are taken. So you wait around until one of them becomes vacant. You've never used it before, but guess what? It's vacant. I'm going to do it. Uh, okay. 
How many sets are you going to do? Oh, today I might do five. Last week I did 10. Next week I might do 25. How many reps are you going to do? Oh, well, you know what? Today I might aim for 15. What about last week? Oh, I did about five or six. What about next week? Oh, I might push it and do 30. Okay. What weight are you going to do? I don't know. See how I feel. Are you recording what you're doing? What's that? So we're looking at no structure. People take this haphazard approach, walk into the gym, have no idea what they're doing, have no plan, have no structure, which you know, comes from no data collection and no plan of what they're doing. And all of a sudden we have random as fuck weight training sessions, which as a result, well, the true benefits of lifting the weights in the first place are easily lost. Yeah. Courtney? Yes. Please explain, please illuminate your history, your early history with weight training because I have a suspicion, actually, what am I talking about? I used to train you. I know for a fact <laughs> that you are guilty of having some beliefs beliefs with these stereotypes. Please explain. Please explain yourself. Please explain now. Well, yes. Yes, I would, I would say there's more than one of those stereotypes that I uh, have been guilty of thinking over, over the time. Confess, we need to know. <laughs> well, I, I've, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I definitely was one of those people that thought that the, that the weights area was not for me. Um, I thought Why? I was definitely intimidated by the weights area when I was a member of a big commercial gym uh, years, years ago. I was not, no one in my family were really fanatical gym goers. I had no friends that were fanatical gym goers. Or even casual gym goers. Or even casual gym goers. I had a sister who was a casual gym goer, but like me, she would just, we would just go to the cardio area. We'd just go to the, the treadmill. So I really had no experience going into the weights area of the gym. I felt really uncomfortable. I felt like people were looking at me. Um, I didn't know how to use the machines properly. So then I thought, felt even more self-conscious that people were looking at me thinking, what the fucking hell is she doing? Um, so I felt really just a really uncomfortable environment. And then to top that off, I didn't really see the benefit of even going in there in the first place. So how come? it was, well, I didn't understand what benefits I could actually get from lifting weights. And Why I would thought... You do it? well, why would I put myself in an uncomfortable situation and people looking at me and judging me for nothing? Who did you think they were for? Well, guys, I thought guys definitely, you know, you go to, you go to big commercial gyms and all the guys are in the weights area. I definitely thought that it was sort of what the guys did. I, I, I used to go to the gym at a certain time that was very, um, before I met you, Matt, I used to go to the gym at the time where the tradies would go a lot of the tradies would go so it would be full of sort of tradie guys you know obviously coming straight from work to the gym so I just thought that that was the sort of people that lifted weights in the gym um then you mix that with like bodybuilder type people so you'd occasionally see a girl but they'd usually be super lean and super ripped so I would just think well they're just a bodybuilder type of a person so they're really the only people that I would think went in there but to be perfectly honest with you I didn't actually give it that much thought so it sounds like that I would sort of 
be in the gym thinking about the weights area all the time. I mean, these are sort of things that went through my head when I first started going to the gym and then I decided not to go through into the weights area and do weights and then I never thought about it again. It just never crossed my mind that it would be something that I should go and look into. You just assumed it wasn't for you. Completely assumed straight away it wasn't for me. So I'll just go into my cardio area because that's what I know and I'll just do that. So, and I mean, that fear of looking bad even followed me into the into the cardio area to a certain degree because I wouldn't use even in the cardio area machine that I didn't know how to use because I'd look like an idiot and so I just really stay on like the the um, exercise bike or the treadmill because they were the easiest to use and I knew how to use them and did you think that was also a case of cardio is for weight loss and weight training is for getting you know big bulky and jacked Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's what a lot of people grew up with the idea of. I think, well, I'm hoping the generations that are being born now are going to grow up with a different uh, mentality. Probably not. But but definitely when I was growing up, the mentality was always, well, you to lose weight, you eat less and you work out more. And since cardio was the only form of exercise I really had any understanding of, that was just what I assumed when anyone anyone ever said work out it was always cardio as to what went through my head it was never weight training so when someone said eat less and exercise more then I automatically just thought cardio so I would think that that was definitely the way that you were supposed to do it so people as well have asked me in the past like what diets and things have you done it's really just all I used to do was just try to eat less and exercise more and not very well, mind you, since I was heavily overweight. So it didn't work out too well? No. Yeah, funny that. <laughs> funny how that works. I couldn't really do the like eat less thing. So we have established some of the problems, the stereotypes. So we've got a, a misrepresentation of what weight training is actually for and who it is for. Uh, and we then have a, a rather haphazard approach to performing weights in the gym. Okay, so here's what we're going to do with this episode. We are going to give you, I would probably say, the top few reasons why one should lift weights. Yes. From our experience and also from the research that has been done. Endless amounts of research done into the benefits of strength training. Yeah. So we're going to give the benefits and the the why... And we're then going to turn it around and give you the how and where to start. Because it's all well and good to say, well, here's why you should do it. Okay, well, where the hell do I start, man? Yeah, that'd be really awkward. Yeah. If we so, just did an entire podcast on, on yeah, this is why you should do look, it. You okay, need to thanks weights. for listening. We're not going to um, tell you how. Good luck. <laughs> Although, you know what? Given, given the standard of our show, that probably is how we should do it. Is just completely overpromised and underdeliver. Isn't that how we roll? That's pretty much it. So now we're gonna we're gonna give the the how and where to start uh, at the end of the episode. So if you are thinking like, hey, look, I need to do this. This has to be part of my routine. But what the bloody hell do I do? We are going to answer that question. Yes, but first let's start with the why, shall we? So when we're talking about why should I lift weights? There's, there's particular benefits, as Matt just mentioned, to uh, doing it. And so the first one I think that we should touch on, Matt, would be 
the healthy aging benefit. Yes. So, look. Look. Breaking news. Getting serious, yeah. Breaking news. Sit down. We are all going to get old. Damn it. I Look, look. I've just found this out. I have to report it. We are all going to get old. Breaking news. Now, how we age, the fact that we age is not in our control. How we age and how rapidly we age actually kind of is in our control. Did you know, starting from around the age of 30, the average adult is going to lose around 7 kilos of muscle and gain around 15 kilos of body fat over the rest of their life. So you're talking about uh, quite a a turnaround in body composition because less muscle and more fat, well, not a good look, shall we say. No. So this this aggressive loss of muscle tissue and this very aggressive gain in body fat as we age, and remember this is starting from the age of 30, this is associated with uh, rapid aging, otherwise known as getting old, but that comes with some rather undesirable conditions, such as osteoporosis, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, obviously unwanted weight gain, but also an increased susceptibility to illness and fall-related injuries. So no doubt, we, I know Courtney and I have had relatives that have done this. No doubt you have had relatives that have done this too, or friends. As they get older, their, their functional ability starts to, shall we say, evaporate. And all of a sudden, falls start to occur. Falling down the stairs, falling over, going up an escalator. But as a result of that, the, the injuries that come from it get worse and worse. How many, people have, how many people do we know of or have seen that have broken, for example, things like hips mm. from just a basic fall as they've gotten older? where when we're younger, we fall over, we get back up. Yep. So these fall-related injuries and this loss of functional strength doesn't just come from, quote-unquote, being old. It comes from this loss of muscle tissue that accumulates as we get older, and there's a price to pay for that. The other... So with the weight training, if we're going to be losing muscle tissue and gaining body fat from the age of 30, I suppose you could say we'd like to prevent that. Yeah, that'd be probably good. Kind of kind of handy? Yep. So prevention beats cure. So there is a, a top reason really why you should lift weights is because as you get older and you're going to get older, wouldn't you like to get older a bit more gracefully and with a bit more independence? Because I know I sure would because mm. I ain't getting any younger, unfortunately. So with that improved, uh, improved functional strength is going to come, well, quite a few benefits because here's the thing. With functional strength, the, the sad fact is that approximately 45% of quote-unquote healthy adults uh, 65 years or older show such a dramatic loss uh, in muscle tissue and strength that it's similar to those with a clinical illness. Mm. Without weight training, you can expect to, by the time you reach 40, the average person will have lost around 50% of the strength they possessed in their 20s. By the time the average person that doesn't do weights gets to age 60, their strength decline can be as high as 70%, which then ties back into what I was saying earlier about various unwanted conditions, 
illness, injuries, etc. So not cool. Now, if we're talking about a loss of functional strength, which is a part of aging, we're looking at a loss of independence and a reduction in quality of life. Now, Courtney and I, we're not the oldest people getting around, but we've seen it. No doubt you've probably seen it too with people older than you. They uh, need a bit more help getting around. Not something that I personally want to deal with as I get older because I'm a fiercely independent person and I plan on keeping it. Courtney, you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that this topic was a big eye-opener for me, this this particular one, because I think that a lot of people, and I, this was what I thought, but I think a lot of other people think this too, is that... Part, that is just a part of normal aging. It's just quote unquote normal to lose um, strength as you get older, to uh, have these falls as you get really much older and things like that. Whereas I think when you see this, these sort of statistics and you see it written down in actual research, you realize that there's a reason for it and it can actually be helped. Yeah, it is, it is a normal thing if you don't lift weights and keep your strength up and keep the muscle tissue that you've got. Mm. If you are an active lifter and you've got some structure to what you're doing, your chances of avoiding these issues are incredibly increased. Mm. So improving your strength and just working to keep the muscle tissue that you have. So we're not talking about training to be some sort of jacked up bodybuilder, but just working to keep what you've got let alone building even just a little bit more as you get older, uh, is going to help you know, retain and maintain that functional strength and ability as we age. Mm. It also helps keep the unwanted fat away that accumulates as part of the aging process. I would say that's a pretty cool benefit. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty up there. Cool. I think that's good. Well, I'm glad you're happy. Yeah. No, I, I love going over that again because, as I said, it was really a, a thing that I didn't think about when I, I don't know, I can't even remember like the first time I heard this these sort of statistics and information. But it sounds, it sounds, and probably not even, I'm probably not even making sense. But when I say quote unquote, it sounds, it to me, it just felt like a normal part of human life. Where I know it is still like a normal... You're probably listening to this thinking, you know, this chick's an idiot. It is normal. Well, I am. And I understand that it is a sort of a quote-unquote normal part of life to age and that this happens. You start to lose your muscle mass. However, I just don't think I ever stopped to think or well, I didn't even know the research behind exactly how much you lost. That was a massive eye-opener for me. Exactly how much... You lose from the age of 30, and that isn't even old. Well, it ties in, though, when you have experience seeing people age around you and you're younger, and you start to see parents, grandparents, etc., uh, become less independent and they lose their, you know, their functional ability. It does make sense yeah. when you look at the, you know, the, the scientific evidence behind it. Mm. So the, uh, the first reason why you should lift weights Healthy aging. Definitely. So with that, I think we'll move on to the next reason why you should lift weights, which is based around performance. Yeah, performance. So there is a, a simple rule 
when it comes to sports performance. Now, when I say sports performance, I don't necessarily mean actually training to play a sport. I mean just your training in general, your performance in the gym. Yeah. A strong athlete, a stronger athlete is a better athlete. That is a very simple rule of thumb that is never or yet to be disproven. For any sport, really. Any sport, any any athletic pursuit of any kind. Mm. If you take someone that does an athletic pursuit and you make them stronger, they are going to be better at what they do. So if you have an interest, let's say, for example, you are listening to the Weight Loss Podcast, but you are a football player. Cool. If you get stronger, you're going to be better at playing football. If you're a baseball pitcher, you're going to throw harder. Mm. If you're a basketball player, you're going to jump higher. You're going to run faster. If you are like Courtney and I, and just, you know, you're quote unquote everyday gym goer, you're going to get stronger. You're going to perform better in your cardio sessions. You're going to get off the ground faster. You're going to bounce back faster. Mm. So basic basic, even advanced performance levels are going to be dramatically increased through weight training. You'll feel it. It's inevitable. Yep. You, you run faster, you jump higher, you throw faster. It, it all adds up. So performance is the next reason why you should lift weights. Because yep. you get better at doing it. And I think that's probably the most obvious reason why when people think about lifting weights, I think most people would have that one and would guess that that would be a reason why. Can I give uh, an anecdotal example? Sure. All right. A couple of years ago, uh, I worked with a fantastic client who was a semi-professional level sprinter here in Australia. Uh, This uh, young lad came into me already in fantastic shape, in fantastic condition. Now, his goal wasn't uh, body composition related. It was purely running faster. He's a sprinter. So his goal was to shave a couple of hundredths of a second off his 100 meter sprint. Mm. Now, this is a very finely tuned high level athlete who has done all sorts of training, all sorts of conditioning. What did I get him to do for six months? Basic weight training, the same stuff that Courtney and I do. I sat him down and explained, look, you get stronger, you run faster. You get stronger, and this ties into the next point, and your body's more resistant to injury. Very appealing things for an athlete, wouldn't you say? Yes. Uh, Just uh, for reference, you can find this uh, young man on our wall of fame. His name is Nick. Uh, If you're listening, Nick, good on you, champ. (laughs) Yes. Keep on running. Uh, The other anecdotal uh, evidence I can give here is in relation to one of Courtney's brothers. Yes. In terms of sports performance... One of Courtney's brothers uh, just recently returned from the US playing uh, college baseball. He's a pitcher. So a pitcher, what does a pitcher want to do, Courtney? Throw faster. Throw faster. Because what does throw faster mean in baseball? Everything is better. <laughs> it means you're no, harder to hit. You are, you are harder to hit. And if you can throw accurately and faster, then you are a desirable pitcher. And he's a left-handed pitcher. Even more desirable. Which means even more desirable. So yes. a left-handed pitcher that has some juice on his pitch is a wanted man. Okay. 
So we got him to do your basic weight training that Courtney and I do, that our clients do in the gym, in their gym. What happened, Courtney? He got faster. His arm got stronger and he pitched faster. If memory serves correct, I think we're looking at about, was it like a, a seven or eight mile per hour increase? Yeah, I think it was. Which, yep. is, a, which is a considerable jump because that yeah. was just one off season, wasn't it? Yeah, that was over the course of several months. But yeah, that yep. was that was a big jump. Yep. So there are some obviously sports related anecdotes we can give. We can also give some some personal ones. Courtney, you find that your performance just as a, as a trainee, someone that lifts weights and does intense cardio sessions has improved as a result of getting stronger. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing what it actually does. And I think that those examples are really good to give as well, Matt, because like I was saying just before that I think that one is a really common one people would give as their answer. However, when you hear real stories like that, it really does drive the point home. Yep. So the next, uh, the next reason why I should lift weights is that you perform better. Yep. Cool. Moving on to injury prevention. Yep. This one's going to be really, really quick and really, really simple. A stronger body is more resistant to injury and can bounce back faster if injury occurs. It is as simple as that. Yep. I think it's pretty much just that. I mean, I don't think, you know, you can ever say that you are going to completely avoid injury. Well, you can't. I, I mean, mean, we're we've human been beings. Yep. Um, Matt and I have been injured a lot over the time for various things. Some things, I mean, would you, I... Would you say a lot? No, nah, I, I probably wouldn't say a lot. But there is, like, I've I've had sort of chronic back problems uh, stretching back to when I was a kid. So... Um, that is something that's been ongoing for me. And because it's postural, I need to, something I need to continue to work on. And then you just learn then over time, I've learned that I have a certain thing with my hips where if I stretch them in a certain way that they really don't like it. And ne- not necessarily an injury, but because I was active, but I wasn't, I was really growing up, I was only active, I played netball a lot but that was really the only other thing that I did so it's not until you step outside of that and you do become active in other ways that you might actually find that there's something that's been there for many years or your whole life and it's just coming up to the surface once you start getting active and moving around so I don't think you're ever going to totally avoid injury but as Matt just said the ability to be able to resist it to a certain amount and then bounce back is um, really, really important. And we've seen it as well in the gym with clients where um, if something has been there for a while that starts to sort of come to the surface uh, after some time training, uh, the stronger body tends to bounce back a lot faster. So injury prevention is absolutely the next reason why you should lift weights. Yep, 100%. Moving on to, I know th- this one is of personal reference to you, Matt, which is type 2 diabetes prevention and management. Yeah, so as, as Courtney just said, this is personal to me because uh, I was a diagnosed type 2 diabetic for many, many, many years of my life. Uh, unfortunately, type 2 diabetes is indeed the fastest growing disease in Australia, uh, and it can be life-threatening. The thing is, though, type 2 diabetes is a disease of lifestyle. Mm. which means it is completely preventable and completely treatable. So 
for anyone out there that's listening that is a, a type one diabetic, yes, I do know the difference. I'm not going to insult you. I'll just uh, elaborate on that slightly now. So where type one diabetics can't produce insulin at all, insulin being a hormone that's made in the pancreas, uh, when we eat, insulin is released into the bloodstream where it helps to move glucose from the food we've eaten into cells to be used as energy. So type 1 diabetes cannot produce this hormone, insulin. However, type 2 diabetics do produce insulin. It just does not work as well as it should. So to compensate, the body makes more of it, but it can't make enough to keep the balance right. So over time, the muscle cells become resistant to this overproduction of insulin which is caused by, well, let's be honest, poor dietary choices and a lack of exercise. And this, this is known as insulin malfunction. So then, where the hell does weight training fit in? Well, weight training has been shown to normalize and restore the hormone function that's impaired via the type 2 diabetes and insulin malfunction. Uh, it's basically, it's been shown in studies that weight training helps to improve management of the diabetes instantly. Mm. Now, I can personally attest to this. When I was uh, a diabetic in my younger days, I was reliant uh, on the medication. I took uh, a diabetes medication known as metformin, which is a gigantic horse tablet. Uh, and I also stabbed myself daily. Mm. Sorry, should I elaborate on that? Uh, by stabbed myself daily, I mean, I took my blood sugar readings. Now, as a, uh, as a result of the weight training in conjunction with the other benefits of weight training we're going to be talking about, losing weight, I had the, uh, the, one of the greatest days of my life when I went to see my GP one day um, because I would get regular tests through my doctor because I was a, let's say, a very unhealthy boy. Uh, and I had, the, I had another sort of blood test um, uh, an eyeball test, test the vision out, um, etc. And I was told, look, I don't see any sign of the diabetes anymore. Get off the medication. Stop, um, stop testing your blood sugar. Keep doing what you are doing. Great, I will. And so here I am. So for, from, a, um, from a type 2 diabetics perspective, lifting weights is a fantastic intervention method for any type 2 diabetic out there. And if you aren't a type 2 diabetic, but you know there's a history of it in the family, which means you could potentially be susceptible to it, uh, start lifting, bro. Mm. Or sis. <laughs> start lifting because, uh, take it from me, prevention beats cure. Yes. So the next reason why you should lift weights is to prevent or manage your type 2 diabetes because high five, that's a cool thing. Yes, absolutely. Love that. And I love hearing about that because it's um it's not something I have ever uh, been exposed to until I met Matt. So um, I love hearing about the benefits of that. And the thing is, I, I will admit when when I was a diabetic, I just assumed I was going to be uh, hit with it for life. Mm. Uh, so it was pretty scary. And I was for quite a while resigned to what I thought was the fact that I'd be taking these gigantic horse tablets every day and um, pricking myself with needles every day. Uh, but does not have to be the case as it turns out. Uh, so yeah, high five weights. Yeah, love that. All right, moving on to our last really important reason why you should lift weights, body shape. Oh my God. 
Yes. We've saved it till last. Yes. The elephant in the room. Bet you thought this was going to be first. The elephant in the room. Uh, above all else, I mean, there's as we've listed, there are quite a number of, of reasons why you should lift weights. And there's more that we haven't even touched on. Like this could be a five hour long podcast. Yeah. Which we're not going to do. No. Because that's as boring as hell. That's bad. We're not that interesting. Okay. The number one reason, of course, is if you are interested in improving and changing your body shape, which if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are. Well, this is why you should lift weights. It is the only non-surgical way to change your body shape. It also gives you a, a look that you can't achieve from any form of, other form of exercise. So make no mistake, you can lose weight. You can change the way you look if all you do is cardio. That look will be very different to the look you get from lifting weights. Courtney, I think you can relate to this. Please share the story about your butt. Oh, yes, yes. Well, yes. When I first met Matt, what he's referring to is when I first met him, I had a large butt, but it wasn't large in a very good way. It wasn't like a Kim Kardashian large butt. It was a flat but wide type of a butt. Like a Lego butt. Yeah, but a Lego butt. But I, uh, through lifting weights, lots of squats, lots of split squats, lots of deadlifts, Getting stronger. Getting stronger in general. My entire body shape has changed, including my butt, which means that I still have a big butt, but now in all the right reasons. Why? I It has gone from being flat and wide to being a bit of a bubbly type of a butt. So I actually have some form to my butt now. Yes, you do. It's very grabbable, can I just say? Yes. Without sounding creepy. Which I do very much enjoy because that it was definitely a goal of mine. She does enjoy the butt. To have a good looking butt uh, and really just to have a nice proportion shape. So I know this comes back to what I was speaking about at the start of the podcast, which was my misconceptions around lifting weights. So one of the things that I do very much remember when I first met Matt and uh, agreed to train with him was that one of the first things I said to him was, that's fine, I'll lift weights. However, A, I don't want to look like a boy. <laughs> and B, I want to actually have proportion in my body. How'd that work out? And... It, uh, it has worked out for the best. So no, I don't think that I look like a boy. And I definitely have managed to keep and improve proportion in my body. So that is one of the, the definite uh, benefits for me that I found really quickly in terms of weightlifting. You also now have shoulders. Shoulders, definitely. I've got a more defined back. It's just you feel more confident when you wear clothes, definitely, which was, again, it was one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to change my body shape in the first place. Uh, I can give my own sort of example on this one. When I was younger, uh, I was shaped like a pear. Mm. So no shoulders to speak of and extremely large hips. These days, it's reversed. Actually, can I really say it's reversed? I still have pretty big hips. I just have much bigger shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> so the the look has changed. And this is what you get uh, through lifting weights. Your body shape changes in a way that's going to maximize the way you're meant to be. Mm. You don't always know what that's going to look like. Uh, but if you're not happy with the way you are, well, 
Sometimes the unknown is better than the known. Mm. Would you say, Courtney? Yes. Okay. Uh, also, with um, in terms of changing your body shape through weight training, if we're getting stronger, and obviously in conjunction with getting stronger, we are putting good food into our body, uh, we're going to be building a little bit of muscle tissue. Now, by a little bit of muscle tissue, I just want to say, I'm not talking about getting big and jacked. So even a small increase in muscle tissue as Courtney has just elaborated on, is going to give some pretty good changes in body shape. But that also that increase in muscle tissue is going to increase your metabolic rate, aka help to speed up your metabolism. Now, talking about this in plain English, I'll keep this real simple. If you're increasing your metabolism, it's easier to burn fat faster. Could mm. I interest you in burning fat faster? Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. So, and here's a bit of a, a bit of an example on this just in terms of the actual training itself. So far be it for the topic of this episode to be disparaging the effectiveness of intense cardio exercise. I did a session today. So the intense cardio exercise is still an essential component of 99% of people's transformations. There's no avoiding it, but, and here comes the but. So as effective as cardio exercise is, it has been shown to elevate your, your elevate your metabolism for hours after your session, a good two to three hours after the session. Fantastic, you're burning more energy, you're burning more fat, great, fantastic, high five. Weight training on the other hand has been shown to elevate your metabolism for up to two to three days mm. after the session. So an elevated metabolic rate for two to three days and say you're doing two to three weight training sessions a week you start to get the idea here now how it can be pretty easy to elevate your metabolism and stimulate the fat burning process through the pumping of iron. Yeah. I would say that's pretty cool. Yes. Okay. And wrapping up the discussion of body shape, weight training helps you look your best naked. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to look your best with your clothes off? Yes, please. Uh, yeah. The answer is hell yes. So I, the number one reason why I should lift weights is you're going to look your best naked. Yeah. Could I interest you in that? Yeah. And I think that's like the perfect place to finish up on that topic. Yep. And just let that simmer in everyone's minds. Um, They're thinking about us naked right yeah. now. <laughs> Oops, sorry. Awkward. So let's move on to what everyone can do about this. So... Like you mentioned at the start, Matt, we're not going to just give you here. These are the benefits of lifting weights. Good luck. Bye. So we are going to present now where, how, why, what what can I do now? Yes. So it wouldn't be fair of us to sit here and preach and say, you should do this and you should do that without actually giving some practical examples of how the hell to do it and where the hell to start. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's say you are a beginner and either you've never done weight training before or you are you've, you started recently, let's say within the, the most the recent or the, the last six months. Okay, cool. So for, the, for a beginner, uh, I would consider a one to two session a week program to be a perfect place to start. Mm. So generally what Courtney and I do with our clients, both in our gym and online, 
is that we'll start a beginner on a two-day routine. And the easiest way to split that up is one upper body day and one lower body day. So you might pick two days a week. And these two days a week are the days you'll be going to the gym to do weights. You might, for example, do your lower body day on a Monday. You might do your upper body day on a Thursday. Great, done. Mm -hmm. Lock it in. Away you go. Fantastic. Uh, if someone is more, shall we say, intermediate to advanced. Now, what do I mean by intermediate to advanced? Well, let's say you've been lifting weights for longer than six months, even longer than a year. That's, that's called training age. Say you've got a training age longer than six to 12 months. I would actually recommend starting on a, a, a maybe a two to three day routine. So a very easy breakdown for a three day weights routine is what we call push pull legs. Courtney, what does push pull legs mean? Push pull legs. Well, you've got a push day, a pull day and a legs day. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool story, bro. You want to elaborate on that one? Or shall I just continue here? <laughs> well, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, but I'm assuming you're talking about a legs day, which is working out the lower half of your body. So you're talking about exercises like squats, um, split squats, deadlifts, things like this. They're working out the muscles in your legs, your glutes, quads, calves. Push legs. is a bench press type style day. So you're talking about um, chest exercises and then pull day, you're looking at more of a, your back exercises. Yes, it's an easy breakdown. Push, pull, legs. So push day, you're doing exercises that push. Shoulder press, bench press, dips. Pull day, as Courtney said, you're pulling. So you're using the back part of your body, your back. Like pull down, rows, <clears throat> bicep curls. Yeah, the important stuff. So a basic a basic three-day split is the, the old push-pull legs. Um, that's a really easy place to start mm. for someone who is more intermediate to advanced. Now, I will say this. Uh, most people don't need as many weight training sessions per week as they may think they do. No. Uh, the average person will get a fantastic, incredible result from just two, maybe three days. I do too. At the moment? Yep, as do I. So, yeah, I think that people would look at Matt and I and think, oh, well, you guys must be working out every day of the week in the gym, lifting weights. I'm hardly ever in there. No. We, we, we don't do our cardio in the gym. We do it outside. So we're literally at the moment in the gym two days a week for ourselves. Yep. Okay. Uh, the, next, uh, the next how and where to start with lifting weights is, okay, have a plan. Mm. So this ties into what I was saying earlier in the show in terms of people being very haphazard. Walking in, oh, I might just use that. That's, that's vacant. I might use that. That looks pretty fun. Okay, whatever. Um, know what you're going to do before you walk into the gym. If you have a plan of attack, I'm going to do these exercises for this many sets, for this many reps, Mm. These are the weights I'm going to try and do based on what I did last time. Your sessions are going to be shorter, sharper, and more effective. Now, some people may enjoy spending hours and hours in the gym. I'm not one of them. Courtney, not one of them. Chances are you're not one of them either because we have this thing called life. Okay, cool. So if you like the idea of having short, sharp, focused, effective training sessions in the gym, plan it out before you go in. 
Know where you're going. Mm. Tying into that is to record what you are doing. So you measure your progress via sets and reps. Now, just a, a, an anecdotal thing here, Courtney and I, we will do uh, between four to five exercises per day uh, on our weights days. And after doing a warm-up, we will do uh, two sets per exercise, only two working sets, which is not as much as what most people think you should get, but you don't need much. Uh, two working sets, and the reps that we're aiming for depends on what part of the program we're in. Mm. So at the moment, Courtney and I are aiming for eight to 10 reps, which means if we can do more than 10 reps at a certain exercise, we should probably put the weight up. Yes. If we can't even do eight reps as a minimum, we should probably put the weight down. Yep. That's an easy rule of thumb to make sure you're, you're able to progress yourself, but you're not trying to push too hard too soon. Also, just a note on that warm-up. Uh, please don't warm up on the treadmill if you are going to do a chest session. Thank you very much, Courtney. Uh, please uh, take a note there, Court, on the show notes page of this episode at theweightlosspodcast.com. I will put a fantastic link called How to Warm Up the Right Way. Because yes, as Courtney has just so eloquently said, if one is going to be doing a weight session, let's say doing a chest day, how is warming up on the treadmill going to warm up your arms, chest and shoulders? And even if you're going to do a legs day, it's still not useful to just to go for a, a 10 minute walk on a treadmill and then go start lifting really heavy leg weights. Yeah, so if you're interested in warming up the right way in a very effective way uh, for your weight training sessions, uh, I will put a link in the show notes page on the weightlosspodcast.com. Mm -hmm. So recording what you're doing is a fantastic approach. How you record, it's up to you. I mean, some people just do the old fashioned pen and paper. Uh, I do a, uh, a notepad on my phone that I then will um, transpose over to a PDF file on my computer. It, it doesn't matter how you do it as long as you do it. Whatever works for you. Uh, also understand when it comes to weight training in terms of recording what you're doing and measuring your progress. When in doubt, more weight beats more reps in terms of getting a result faster. Mm. But always make sure that the movement's being performed safely. I strongly recommend not to chase numbers. How you move a weight is just as important as how much you move. So where a lot of people will make themselves susceptible to injury is because they're trying to, to get more out of their body than their body's ready to output. Mm, yep. So yes, we are looking to get stronger, but we're not talking about making gigantic leaps week by week. They can be small, measured incremental increases, which ties in to the next tip that I want to give, talking about performing movement safely. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Oh my God. <laughs> what? I, I know, shock. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Engage the services of a professional if you want to learn. Weight training is a skill. Yes. It is a legitimate skill. There's a reason it's an Olympic event. Not everyone can do it effectively by themselves. I had to get taught. Courtney had to get taught. Chances are you have either had to get taught or will need to get taught. That's just how this goes. And you don't get very good at it over the course of days, weeks, and months. 
you get really good at it over the course of years mm. as your mind-muscle connection develops and your coordination develops. So understand that it is indeed a skill. It does indeed take time to develop and do not be afraid to ask for help. This whole, oh, I can do it on my own thing doesn't work out for most people. That's the, uh, the final tip I would give on the how and where do I start. Ask for help. Cool. You're welcome. <laughs> Courtney? Good wrap up. I like that. Courtney? Yes. Emails? Dentalin. <sighs> Awful. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, we have an email come through this week from Courtney. Great name. Great name. Must be a cool chick. Yeah, okay. Yep, must be. Well, she listens to us, I suppose. Yeah, she's yep. even better. She's just she's just piling it on now. Thank you, Courtney. Appreciate uh, reaching out. This email is a doozy. Hello, Courtney and Matt. Keep up the good work. Your show is inspiring and very helpful. I listen to it on my way to work. I have to ask you, how confident are you guys that you can help anyone lose weight? I'm a member of, my, of a local gym with lots of PTs and I'm starting to see the difference between the good ones and the bad ones based on the episode that you did, which is in the archives, episode 22, six ways to know you've got a great PT. So I'm starting to see the difference between the good ones and the bad ones, but can you explain to me how you know if you're able to help someone? Thanks so much, Courtney. That's a good question. That's a ripper. That's a really good question. You want to have a crack, Courtney? Well, how confident are you guys you can help someone to lose weight? Very, really. Why? Very confident. I think that it does help that... I think when you look at PTs these days, and I'm going to say that I think it does help Matt and I that we've done it. Now, people say that, oh, well, that means that no one can be a good PT unless they've been overweight. And that's not necessarily the truth, but I think that there's a certain level of empathy and understanding that comes when you've been overweight and you can understand what the client is going through. And there's also that nothing that the client can say that is going to shock you or surprise you because you've been there and you've done it before. So I think that that helps a lot with Matt and I in terms of being able to help anyone lose weight. I think when you talk about uh, gyms and PTs, there are a lot of PTs generally that belong to these big commercial gyms and they're brought in and they're signed contracts, which are insanely expensive. And then they're let loose in the gym and said, yep, pat on the back, good luck and let go. And it is sort of the strongest will survive sort of situation. I think the best PTs that I've seen in commercial gyms that I go to, you can definitely see certain traits and they're the sort of traits that are writing down their clients' numbers for them, keeping track of records. Well, we also, we covered this in that episode as well. So for a, an in-depth breakdown uh, on you know what makes a good and a bad PT, please go back and listen to episode 22. Uh, can I have a crack at answering this? Sure. Okay. The question, how confident are you guys that you can help anyone lose weight? Uh, I am irrationally confident, but if, there, are, there is a but and an if to answer this question. I can indeed help anyone to lose weight if they actually want to do it. Mm. So, it, I, okay, 
Yes, there are indeed good and bad trainers. Just like there's good and bad everything else. However, no matter how good we are, we are at the mercy of the people we work with. We are just like a, a navigational system. We will guide them. We will direct them. We will encourage them. We aren't the ones doing the work. So we, we are supremely confident that we can help anyone lose weight and get in shape if they're ready to put in the work to actually do it and trust us and listen to us and sustain it over a period of time. So if someone comes to us asking for help and they're not truly ready for change, we are the shittest PTs in the world and not worth a cent because no matter how good we are, if someone's not ready to change, we are effing useless. Technical term. What do you think, Courtney? Yeah. Rate, rate my answer out of 10. Yeah, that was 10 out of 10. Whoa. Yeah, Whoa. no. This one definitely argued. 100% true. I mean, it's just like anything. You you do, you get in, you get out what you put in, really. Ooh, so that's if zen of you. people don't put in the work, as Matt said, we, we're at the end of the day basically just coaches. So all we can do is coach a client on what to do. We're not going to tell them what to do. That would be useless. Educate. We're going to educate and help the client as much as possible, but the result and the outcome has to come from the client. Yeah. So they're going to make us look really good or they're going to make us look like a bunch of dickheads. But that just comes with being a coach, realistically, just like anything. Well, they, the client bets on us and we bet on them. So I hope that answers the question, Courtney. Uh, thank you so much. Oh, hang on. I'm the worst podcast host ever. Courtney, I've got to ask, what's our email address? The email address is podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Yes. So we love to get feedback. We love to get thoughts. We love to get abuse. Hey, we just like to speak to people. So feel free to email us at podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. That's a wrap. Courtney, we're done. Yes. Please tell us how good we are. We're amazing. We, wow. If you made it this far in the episode, thank you. You may yes. now listen to us tell each other how good we are. <laughs> Welcome to the Mutual Admiration Podcast. My name is Matt. Uh, I'm here with Courtney and we are fucking awesome. <laughs> we will see you next time. Hope this helped. Speak to you soon. Bye. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.